This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie Hale, and today we're going to focus on the prayers of the church. And you know our church prays for us. We're going to focus on some of those prayers that we hear that maybe we have taken for granted in our Holy Mass, and we're going to make them come alive. So (laughs) Archbishop, (laughs) we're going to put skin on those bones, and we're going to bring those beautiful prayers that we hear every day and on Sundays to life. Would you open in prayer, please? Yes, certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have revealed your mercy and love for us through the passion, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus. This is the mystery, Father, that we celebrate at every Mass as we come together as your people in prayer to give you worship, to give you honor and glory, and to lift up in prayer our needs and the needs of our world and our church. So, Father, as we reflect on the Holy Mass today and the prayers of that Mass, we ask you to anoint the ears of our listeners so that they may have a new insight into just how important it is to participate fully and consciously in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And so, Father, we place this time in your hands, asking you to lead us and guide us, as always. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We have a universal church. Catholic (laughs) means universal. And you can go to any church of any size in just about any part of the world, And we'll have the same prayers, the same scripture readings for each daily or Sunday Mass, Mm -hmm. Holy Day of Obligation. There's something so beautiful about the continuity of the liturgy. And I think that's what I was thinking about when I thought about, you know, these prayers that we hear from the very beginning of Mass to the very close, it changes us. And there's a purpose for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, to eternal life, right? To, right. To, to God's plan for us. And so maybe let's begin uh, looking at the Sunday Mass that we just came out of. And and what did we hear at the opening of the Mass? And maybe we'll just go through a few of those Yeah, I think prayers. it's important. It's important. That you, that's a very good thing to point out is that, you know, the, the church being universal, you know, prays. Uh, the same prayers as one body throughout the world. So, so the church scattered to all the corners of the earth lifts its voice in one uh, voice of prayer and, and adoration to to our God. I love that line from the third Eucharistic prayer where we talk about from the rising of the sun to mm-hmm. its setting, mm-hmm. a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. So that throughout the whole day, actually, you know, all around the hours, uh, somewhere in the world. Uh, the sacred liturgy is being celebrated and, and people are, are, are praying. I think it's important that we pay more attention to the prayers uh, of the Holy Mass, especially those changing prayers mm-hmm. 
that, you know, the prayers that stay the same as part of the Mass from Sunday to Sunday or from day to day. So we call that the ordinary of the Mass. So the ordinary of the Mass, those parts that are unchanging, that stay the same, uh, uh, the, 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 the Kyrie, the, I mean, the Lord have mercy, the Gloria, mm-hmm. you know, the Creed, the Holy, 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 the Sanctus, the Agnus Dei, the Lamb of God. These are the parts of the Mass that are constant and stay the same from Mass to Mass. But there are other parts of the Mass, mm-hmm. we call them the propers, these are prayers that are proper to a particular day, a particular feast. Those change. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes think we don't pay attention to those mm-hmm. prayers. I, I would bet you, I would bet you, the beginning, the Mass begins and the priest prayers what we call the collect or the opening prayer of the Mass, right? Uh, we have the greeting. We have the penitential rite. If it's a Sunday, we have the gloria. And then the priest prays, prays the, or sings the opening prayer, and we all sit down for the readings. At that moment, if you polled the people in the church, and folks, be honest mm-hmm. with yourselves, would anyone be able to say what we just prayed? You know, in other words, are right. we really tuned in mm-hmm. to what these prayers are? And, you know, this was one of the things that the reform of the sacred liturgy at the Second Vatican Council really wanted to push for, this full active, conscious participation of the people in the Mass. Now, here's the problem with that idea, is that it's gotten the wrong emphasis in, 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 in people's minds. In other words, to have full, conscious, active participation in that people's minds, oh, that means we need to be doing something or saying something, and I need to be participating, I need to be singing, saying, moving in some way. No. What is first, I mean, yes, those things happen, but what's first and primary and what the council fathers really meant was we need to be really paying attention Mm -hmm. and plugged in, if you will, spiritually, mentally into what's happening. Because, you know, before the sacred liturgy was reformed, yeah, there was a lot of folks that weren't really engaged in the mass. They were maybe even sometimes praying their own devotions while the mass was, was happening, but no, the church wants us to be fully engaged into the into the sacred liturgy, into the prayers of the sacred liturgy. So uh, that collect prayer, that opening prayer of the mass, in sometimes some ways s- sets a theme for the mass, especially at certain times, mm-hmm. certain uh, liturgical seasons. Uh, ordinary time, they're a little bit more generic, shall we say, in the specific seasons like Lent. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll have a very penitential character to them. During the Easter season, will be a lot of prayers about the resurrection. Uh, during the Advent season, there's a lot of, of preparation and, and, and longing and, and looking forward to. During the Christmas season, of course, we're, we're rejoicing in the mm-hmm. incarnation and the birth of Christ. Ordinary time, as I said, they're, they're a little bit more generic. And, and the prayer we had just this last Sunday is from an ordinary Sunday. And ordinary, you know, people need to understand that too. Ordinary doesn't mean, oh, that's just an ordinary Sunday. You know, like a, that's that's a common, uh, you know, where, where Easter's extraordinary or Lent is extraordinary. No. Ordinary means it's it's an ordered time, a time that is ordered according to weeks. So that's all it's referring to. It doesn't mean to be, it's it's nothing special. But the prayer, I, what, what I've noticed over the years of praying uh, the prayers of the collect, the opening prayer of the mass, especially during ordinary time, is is they they almost always have the same sort of general message or theme. There's always it seems a reference to eternal life. 
and wanting to enjoy the blessedness of eternal life, the rewards of our life after this world, eternal life, eternity, being with God, seeing God. It's, 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 it's all about that. And then we're praying, asking God to do something for us in order that we may be able to enjoy that. So let's just look at the, at the prayer that mm-hmm. we had just this last Sunday. You know, again, folks, I, I doubt if there's anybody out there, including <laughs> the priest, including me, uh, who would be remembering this prayer. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm prone to the same things. But here's what we prayed this last Sunday as the priest. And, and the collect, too, by the way, this is a prayer where the priest is collecting. That's why it used to be called the collect. He is collecting now the prayers of all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea that, and, and you know, I, I think we have... In, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an enthusiasm for the involvement of everybody in the liturgy and getting everybody involved, I think we've, we've downplayed the role of the priest and the unique role of the priest. He, he is in the person of Christ in the sacred liturgy. He is our leader in prayer. He is the one who leads us in prayer, who, who directs us in prayer to the Father. He's in the person of Christ in the sacred liturgy. He has a unique and special role that is irreplaceable. And it's, it's frustrating sometimes when, when I see people trying to just d- diminish the role of the priest or, well, he, he's no more special than we are, and we should be able to pray that prayer too, or why can't we do that? He has a special role. And his role here, especially at the collect now, is to collect all the prayers of our hearts to unite them in one voice. Uh, so, so the priest prays on behalf of and for the people uh, as the head of the body, the church gathered in prayer. So he collects all of our thoughts and prayers and offers them to the Father. And so this is what the priest prayed. O God, by whom we are redeemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your sons and daughters that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an everlasting inheritance. Mm-hmm. So there it is. Mm-hmm. It's, this, it's this landing almost always on the gift of eternal life and everlasting inheritance in this case. But notice what we did here. We prayed. First of all, there's a little theme here. It's a theme of our, our, our adoption. You know, folks, these are beautiful prayers. And they're, they're worth reflecting on. So, so we're, we're reflecting on our status as adopted sons and daughters of God. We have received, we have been redeemed and received adoption. And so now we ask God, okay, God and your son Jesus, you have redeemed us and you have adopted us as your children. So now, Father, look upon us, your mm-hmm. sons and daughters. Look upon us so that we who believe in Christ who is the one who has redeemed us and through whom we have received this adoption, may receive true freedom. Freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from death, eternal death, and an everlasting inheritance through, Mm. through, through Christ. You know, so we're praying that we, your redeemed and adopted sons and daughters, would would enter into our everlasting inheritance and find our true freedom in Christ. You know, this is this is uh, that, that's just a that's just a yeah prayer from uh, ordin- a Sunday in ordinary time, and it's so rich and so mm-hmm. beautiful. And we we should be really paying attention to these prayers. the The church has a principle called lex orandi, lex credendi. The law of praying is the law of believing. In other words, what we pray in the liturgy uh, forms us. 
in faith. It teaches us. It catechizes us. This prayer should teach us. Mm-hmm. But it also expresses what we believe. So it, it, it forms what we mm-hmm. believe, but we also express what we believe through these words. And it, it's, it's this wonderful uh, continuing reinforcing that goes on in the sacred liturgy. We, we keep praying the things that we believe, and as we pray the things we believe, we are strengthened in our faith in what we believe, and, and just this beautiful cycle that goes on. But, but we need to be formed by these prayers and by, by the liturgy, as you point out. They're, they're, just, they're just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I have become such the collect fan. I just, <laughs> and I think one thing that's beautiful that we do have these missiles, we have resources as the laity that we can, we can read ahead before Sunday and we can read those scriptures, we can read these prayers and really reflect, what is the church asking me to do today? Well, the church is letting me know I'm redeemed right. and, and that I'm preparing for true freedom because I'm adopted daughter of God. Exactly. Uh, the, the, this is beautiful, and we have access. Maybe that's part of the yeah, participation you know, is that we can really reflect. There's with these all words. sorts of resources out there, and I encourage people really to get your hands on some of these resources. You know, whether the ones that are in the pew at church, or whether there's you know people have these various aids that 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 they have that have even sent to their home, delivered to their home with a pickup in a Catholic bookshop, Magnificat all these resources, whether you have your own personal hand missile, Mm -hmm. you know, like we did when we were kids, you know. And there was a trend for a while in the church um, where to get away from that, to get away from having things in front of us to read and follow along. We know, you know, like when when the readings are being proclaimed at, at the church, oh, we shouldn't be looking at anything. We should have our ears attentive, our eyes up. We should be listening and focusing on, on what the reader is saying. And there's some merit to that and value in that because mm-hmm. the word is being proclaimed yeah. and it is in the proclamation of the word that God's power is especially present. When the, when the word of God is proclaimed out loud in the sacred liturgy, it carries with it the power of the Holy Spirit in a special way. So we were discouraged from looking at anything while the word of God was being proclaimed, especially. But, you know, we're all human and we're weak and we get distracted and we start noticing that person over there or that little kid who's, you know, fidgeting or uh, we start looking at the stained glass window or we start thinking about getting our oil changed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And we're so I think to have what we're hearing through our, our ears reinforced by what our eyes are seeing, if we're following in the missalad or in the, whatever missile we brought to Mass or whatever liturgical aid that we're using, if we can follow and look at and read the Word of God as we are, we should be listening, mm-hmm. not just reading, but, but, but reading as we're listening, I think it reinforces uh, the, 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 the words into our, into our hearts. And so, you know, I even see people listening or reading uh, to the the opening prayer as it's being prayed, you know, because I think it, it could help reinforce that. Right. As we go through the Mass, Archbishop, and you mentioned the collect, again, I love this visual of just thinking about we're giving all of our prayers over to the priest, you know, and, it, you know, he says, let us pray. And so we can, what are we going to do next? We're going to hear those scriptures being proclaimed. And then, of course, we're going to hear a reflection, uh, the homily from the priest or, or the deacon, if the deacon's giving the homily. Other prayers that are coming up, and I think about the offertory, this, this special, because it does fit 
it changes a little bit the prayer over the offering and what's the context within yeah, and, the mass and and, and, and the in the, the the prayer over the gifts is a prayer that is preparing us for the celebration of the holy eucharist now we've we've it's a transitional prayer so we we have we've prayed the collect which is an introduction to the whole mass and just the theme of our redemption uh, we've heard the word of god we've heard a homily we've professed our faith if it's sunday uh, we've had the prayers of the faithful, mm-hmm. which is another prayer of the liturgy where we lift up the needs of the of the church, of the world, of government leaders, of the sick and the suffering, uh, the dead, to our Lord. But then now the gifts have been prepared. Uh, the gifts of bread and wine have been prepared for the Eucharistic sacrifice. And now the priest again, uh, co- collecting the prayers of the people, says this prayer over the gifts. And, you know, the gesture of the priest to have the orans position, the hands extended position. You know, and I, I, I know this is going to be a little controversial for folks because people get touchy about these things. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, lay people who have been trained over the years and taught over the years to extend their own hands in prayer, especially during the praying of the Lord's Prayer. But in the sacred liturgy, that gesture of the oran's position, the, the hands extended, the arms extended, is a priestly gesture of the priest. And it's a, it's a gesture proper to him in the sacred liturgy. And again, this watering down of the unique role of the priest, I think we, we just need to stop this because I, I actually I think it's having an effect on vocations uh, because of uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the special role that this man plays in our community. But anyway, that's a <laughs> tangent there. But the prayer of the offering, let's look at what we heard last Sunday, because mm-hmm. this is now we're talking about what what do we want to have happen mm-hmm. to these gifts, right? Right. Because we've just put bread and wine on the altar, but now what do we want God to do here? Mm-hmm. So here's what we prayed. Oh God, who give us the gift of true prayer and peace, graciously grant that through this offering, okay, what we've got here on the altar, we may do fitting homage to your divine majesty and by partaking of the sacred mystery, we may be faithfully united in mind and heart. So now there's this, always this reference to the gifts on the altar, the offering that's here. It's a sacrifice that's going to be offered here. But we're asking that, that this, this have an effect on us, that this, this mm-hmm. transform us in some way, just as the bread and wine is transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus so that we will somehow be changed to this. So this is what we prayed. So you, God, give us the true gift of prayer and peace, you know, not that the world can give. And so we're asking him that through this offering, this bread and wine that we have placed on the altar through the hands of the priest, that we may do fitting homage to your divine majesty. So this is going to be an act of worship now. So now what we've done here is we've, we have an offering here, Father. This bread and the wine, which we have offered through the hands of our priest, this is an offering to you, and it's, it's so that we will do fitting homage to your divine majesty. We give you worship. This is an offering to, to honor and give homage and worship you. But also that by partaking of the sacred mystery, well, what sacred mystery are we talking about here? We're talking about the Eucharist. We're talking about what's going to happen to this bread and wine. It's going to become the Eucharistic sacrifice of Christ's body and blood. And we're going to partake of that sacred mystery. We're going to, we're going to participate in it by offering it through the hands of the priest, but we're also going to partake of it if, if, if we're disposed in Holy Communion. So that by partaking of it, we may be faithfully united in mind and heart, us as the body of Christ, but also with, with our God. In other words, we have an offering. It's to give you worship. It's going to be transformed. 
but we also want to be transformed and changed by what we're about to do. So that's generally the pattern of the theme of the uh, of the prayer over the gifts. Almost at every mm-hmm. mass, it's going to have some element of that offering, worship, uh, transformation, uh, and and transformation for us. Some change in us. Something that 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 what we're about to do is going to have an effect on us. Right. You know, we've been talking about our church universally is is going through this. Eucharistic revival. Well, this is the prayer of the Eucharistic revival. Something's happening. We're not just here and just kind of thinking about Jesus. No, Jesus is making himself (laughs) present through the priest. And so as we continue to embrace this Eucharistic revival, I think knowing what's happening in the Mass. I think if somebody wants to really be renewed in their participation in the Mass— it, it's, it takes a little effort, mm-hmm. and it takes some preparation to look at these prayers ahead of time, to think about them. You know, to, to I, I, I look at these prayers ahead of time for every Mass because I tend to chant these prayers, sing these prayers at Mass, and I have to know the rhythm and the right. way the words are so that I, I, I pause and inflect at the right points in the prayer. So I look at them ahead of time so that when I get to praying them, they mean more to me because mm-hmm. I've already looked at them. I've already prayed with them. I already know what's coming, and it, and it takes on a deeper meaning. So, yeah, people want to really be eucharistically revived. This is a great way to do it is to just pay a lot more attention to what's going on at Mass. Right. Now, we hear the priest pray after communion. There's another prayer that comes following Holy Communion, and that's another one that sometimes we may miss and I think, again, this has got to be tied directly to what we just experienced, an intimate reception of Jesus and the Eucharist. Yeah, and it's, it's it, usually the, the prayer, again, you know, this is just, we're, we're looking at these prayers from last Sunday, uh, which was an ordinary time Sunday. And these prayers will take on a little different twist, mm-hmm. depending on what the liturgical season, but, but they have the j- same general theme here. So now, usually when we come to the prayer at the end of Mass, the prayer, what we call the prayer after Holy Communion, uh, we're getting ready now to be sent forth from the the, the assembly of the faithful uh, gathered in worship. And so now, usually this prayer will make some reference to what we've just done. And that this, this, this mystery that we have just celebrated, so that it may have some kind of an effect now on our life as we go forward. So again, the collect at the beginning of the Mass, the opening prayer, we're setting a general theme for the sacred liturgy and the, and the general theme of redemption. The prayer over the gifts, we're praying you know, about, about the transformation of these gifts. We're talking about offering. We're talking about uh, worship, homage, uh, transformation. Now we're getting ready to go forth, and we want what we've just done to mm-hmm. have an effect as we go forth. And so here's what we prayed last Sunday. And this, again, it's the same this idea. So... We prayed, grant that your faithful, O Lord, whom you nourish and endow with life Mm. through the food of your word and heavenly sacrament. Wow. Yeah. You know, we've just been (laughs) nourished and endowed with life. Mm -hmm. I mean, good heavens. You know, do we realize what's going on in the mass when we're there? So so we truly have been, as this prayer says, nourished. And we've been endowed with life through what? Through food. But the food of God's word, which we heard in the sacred scriptures, the word of God proclaimed, but also the heavenly sacrament. 
the bread of life, the, the Eucharistic uh, body and blood of Jesus. So may we so benefit from your beloved son's great gifts that we may merit an eternal share in his life. So here we're back to this theme again of looking toward our eternal life. So endowed in given life through God's word and through the sacrament, we want to benefit from these gifts that your son Jesus has given us, his word and his body and blood, so that we may merit uh, an eternal share in, in Christ's life, in his, in his life now, but to full fruition in, in eternity. You know, so these prayers that we sometimes just pass over so quickly and just, okay, we got to say it and get on with it and let's have the announcements and the dismissal, you know. Uh, let's really take time to ponder mm-hmm. these prayers and listen to them. You know, and I, when I pray them, I, I, I try to pray them with meaning uh, so that they, uh, you know, it's just not rattling off words, yeah. but that it's truly a prayer. It's, yeah. it's a prayer that we are offering uh, uh, for on behalf. So the priest is offering these prayers, but he's offering it on behalf of and for those people gathered in his presence uh, uh, over whom he presides at the sacred liturgy. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I think, you know, as it's fall season is coming upon us, going back to school, we would all benefit from really focusing on listening to the word, reading the word, hearing these prayers, and having a Eucharistic revival every day. So I just am grateful for you to open this up a little bit more, Archbishop, and to really challenge us to be really listening, pondering, spending more time uh, with these words, and to really be looking to our priest as that high priest. Mm -hmm. He is representing Jesus Christ, and that this is a beautiful time for us to remember the call well, of know, the priesthood. And, 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 yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, very soon I'll be having the privilege of traveling uh, to Rome to for see... For more ordinations. For, to see the ordination of two of our, our seminarians as deacons, uh, yeah. Justin Echeverria and, and Brent Derschmidt, to be ordained deacons at St. Peter's Basilica. Wow, how exciting. But, yeah, we need we need more priests, and, and you know, they... They, they do a tremendous uh, gift of service to us by bringing us uh, Jesus uh, in, the, in word and in, and in sacrament. And, uh, you know, it's such a great privilege. You know, the, the whole people of God, of course, are, I mean, the priest exists to serve the people. He, he's not for himself. He's a man for others. He's there to bring Jesus to people and, 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 and people to Jesus, uh, to God. And... Uh, uh, but yes, I, I think that uh, you know what a what a privileged place the priest has in the sacred liturgy to be that that pontifex that bridge mm-hmm. between uh, God and His people. Uh, such a such a beautiful beautiful vocation. Absolutely. Well, with that, would you please help yes. us close with your blessing? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. 
Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.